I'd like to use this opportunity to uh, look at uh, one main point, uh, which is that the Ukrainian conflict allows, allows us uh, to see that it's not only war in the material aspects, but it's also a war of ideas. That is, it allows us to see that there are two conflicting interpretations about what is happening. One interpretation regards this as a conflict between an imperial power, Russia, trying to regain its former possessions at the expense of a smaller nation state, Ukraine, which is defending its right of national self-definition. This is the view, I think, of uh, is the true view of what is happening. But is, there is another interpretation which regards it as a conflict between nationalism, represented by Russia, and liberal democracy represented by Ukraine. In this interpretation, the uh, bad guys are nationalists and the Ukrainians are the representatives of a liberal order, apparently. So let us look at both interpretations and determine which is the more coherent. Um, we have to understand that uh, after the Second World War, there was a convergence between liberals and Marxist interpretations of what that conflict was about. Uh, they argued that the Second World War was not a result of imperialism, and it was not a result of totalitarianism, sorry. but actually it was the result of nationalism. Uh, this seems to go against uh, the fact that the ones who defeated uh, the Nazis were actually nations fighting for independence. So why was this uh, interpretation offered as to explain what happened in the Second World War? Um, I suspect it was before, because uh, liberal, many liberals were imperialists and Marxists, of course, were totalitarian. And so they agreed between them to deflect the blame elsewhere. And uh, 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 so they, they said, you know, uh, let's, let's uh, accuse uh, nationalists as a core cause for the greatest and the worst conflict in the history of Europe. Uh, it's in interesting to uh, point out that this accusation against nationalism applied only to Western nationalism, meaning uh, third world nations were uh, and nationalism in the ter third world was judged to be acceptable because it's anti-colonialist. Anti but nationalists in Europe and America were accused of being, by definition, dangerous and somehow close to the horrors that caused the Second World War. So this interpretation started to uh, grow up mainly in, the, in academia. And for, I think, two generations, Many people, probably the majority in Europe and in America, did not accept it. Most people in Europe and America still believed that uh, the, nation, uh, the nation state are uh, uh, good and beneficial ideas and supported it to, to some level. Uh, one only has to think uh, 40 years ago, let's say, about Reagan and Thatcher and the Eastern European nations that shaked off uh, Russian dominance to show that this is basically, th th these ideas were basically accepted. 
However, uh, since then, these two groups, the liberals and Marxists, came to dominate Western academia to the extent that bit by bit, by bit they, they, they virtually uh, uh, eliminated um, other points of view and their, their, uh, uh, the result is that their graduates from academia came into the media, came into politics and started to, uh, in a sense, uh, believe that this is the, the actually the, 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 um, uh, the face of things. Basically, that nationalism is the source of all evil. And you, if you're, uh, if you're um, discussing a national idea, you have to apologize before it's ten times. And um, uh, um, it, it seems for, I think, a generation, especially after the end of the Cold War, that this view was shared by uh, certainly the academia, media, and politics in Europe, but perhaps also the general public. However, um, Brexit and the growing rift between the Eurocrats and various European governments, like the, the Polish and the uh, Hungarian one, show that uh, uh, large segments of the European population uh, still, uh, my feeling is that the majority, but certainly large segments of the European population do not agree with this anti-nationalist rhetoric, but actually regard national identity as a, as a positive fact. Now the war, the war in Ukraine has accelerated the clash between these two interpretations of the European Union and, the go and its goals. We hear now calls from liberals uh, in Europe and also in America that the war in Ukraine demands from, from, from us, meaning from Europeans, a process of accelerating the creation of a European superstate, meaning the lesson they draw from what is happening is that uh, there should be a united, united European army uh, a European uh, um, command with veto power over national governments and uh, more united resources to fight the growing Russian state, uh, Rus uh, the Russian um, uh, dominance. Uh, this is basically the Franco-Russian, uh, sorry, the, the Franco-German proposal now being uh, brought at the EU summit. In effect, what this argument is about is this. Uh, the only, uh, the only um, thing that can stand against the, uh, Russian imperialism is a liberal empire, meaning empire is good, uh, authoritarian empire is bad, so let's have a liberal empire to, to stand before the Russian aggression. Um, Thank you. But in fact, it was exactly the shriveling of national armies of Europe and of the alliance of independent nations, that is nation, which allowed the Russians to attack Ukraine. I mean, after uh, the national armies of so many European countries became ineffective, after NATO became ineffective, it became possible for Putin to 
actually think that he might get into Ukraine and nothing will happen to him militarily, and he's right. Meaning, the, the, even if Europe decided and America decided today to aid the R Russians, their, their military capability are simply not there to do it. <clears throat> all this was done, all, all this, this uh, shriveling of national capabilities was done in the name of a liberal age of Aquarius with no need for armies, borders, and nations. Now, now that's, that the, the, this uh, idea of uh, no borders, no armies has failed, the alternative that is offered is a liberal empire. Now, uh, those who believe this narrative uh, are welcome to it. But my own view is that the only real answer to the problem now at the heart of Europe, <clears throat> which the Ukrainian war has exposed, is a change of course. Uh, yes, uh, national armies have to be rebuilt, and containing the Russian threat is in order. But the crucial point is another. It is the understanding that the European nation state must be the foundation for the new approach, not a liber liberal European imperialism. <coughs> I believe that the Visegrad nations have provided the beginning for this process, showing the way for an alliance of nation states uh, as the cornerstone of a European system. More is needed to better define and take forward a Europe of nations as an alternative to the imperialist liberal ideology. At present, I'm, it's, I'm sorry to say, uh, there isn't in universities, in the media, in politics, a strong justification for the nation state as an, and for a Europe of nation states as an alternative to the uh, liberal uh, empire vision of Europe. I mean, there are places, <coughs> sorry, there are places like Hungary where this is the case. There are places like Britain that this is the case. It got out, but in most European countries, that is not the case at all. Now, <clears throat> uh, the visionary founder of Zionism and eventually of Israel, Herzl, said that a nation is always made not only of the material facts, but also of ideas and values. And the point is that uh, looking at what Europe has to do to confront this new situation should not uh, concentrate only on the, f <clears throat> the factual, practical matters of building up armies and having more resources. But also, it has to be a, a conflict of ideas and to present uh, a serious national conservative idea as a um, as a, uh, an alternative to the liberal imperialism. Otherwise, what will happen will be only a war of attrition where more and more the, 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 the nation states will always fight a rear guard action. I can give various examples <coughs> of uh, fields that need to be developed. A national conservative jurisprudence is one example. At the, at the moment, in the European Union, uh, uh, various uh, national uh, courts try to stop the intrusion of the European 
courts uh, into their uh, areas of uh, sovereignty, but the general jurisprudence, jurisprudential system uh, uh, is far stronger on the liberal side, where you have the uh, either liberal or positivist ideas, but but there are no uh, coherent alternative. I, I know that the, these alternatives exist, but they're not on the table. People don't know about them, and uh, lawyers are not trained in them. I can go on uh, with other examples, but I will conclude with this point. Uh, the, the, this conflict in Ukraine being a conflict, not, not only a war, a material war, but also a conflict of visions and ideas, means that there is a need to develop, or in a sense redevelop, the national conservative ideas in institutions that would offer an alternative to the liberal Marxist ideal of an empire. Thank you.